Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. This is where every day you and I, we get together, we have a little bit of coffee, we get into God's Word, and we grow in our love for the Lord together. And this year, 2022, Lord willing, we'll make it from Acts to... Philemon. Nope. Did I talk to you about this? They told me not to do Philemon. What are we doing? I was going too slow. And so we're just going to Second Thessalonians. Just when we got that down, <laughs> we're going to try to get to Second Thessalonians. Slow and steady wins a race. So we're going to go to to Second Thessalonians. So today we're at uh, Colossians chapter three, verses one through seventeen. Nathan's here with us this morning, so we'll talk through the passage together. Why don't we have some coffee? We'll pray and we'll get into God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Lord, we rejoice in your wonderful, sovereign love. We thank you for giving us Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer, our hope. Thank you for giving us your Spirit. Father, we pray that as we read your word this morning that you would be working in our hearts. Conform us, Lord, to the image of Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen. All right, so we are at Colossians chapter 3. The first 17 verses here. I'll take your tea. I know it's warm in your hands. You're nice. You like that. But <laughs> I'm going to put that there so you can grab your Bible. And we are at Colossians chapter 3, the first 17 verses. Nathan, why don't you read uh, 1 through 4. I'll read 5 through... Right, how about, instead, why don't you... Hmm, how do we want to do this? I can read 3 through... I can read... It goes to 17? Yeah, why don't we do this? Yeah. So yours yours doesn't have paragraph markers. Two, eight, eight, so, so yours doesn't have paragraph markers. Right? See the difference in our Bibles? Um, so I'm gonna I like to break it up by paragraphs. Why don't I read one through six? You can read eight through eleven, and then I'll read twelve through seventeen. Does that sound good? So I'll read one through seven, and then you'll read eight through eleven. And then I'll read twelve to seventeen. Okay. Okay, here we go. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on th things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of God. According to the image, image of, of him who created him. Well, there is neither 
Greek, non-Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Good job getting Scythian right. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, we need to ask ourselves, what are three questions? Hey, what is this about? A, what's this about? B, what is the best verse to summarize? Good. B, what's the best verse? what are we called to do? Good. And C, what are we called to <laughs> do? Perfect. All right. So this first part, um, it's kind of like heaven versus earth. Right. Um, there's stuff up in heaven. There's a way in which is right with God. And then there's a way that is right in this world. And so, uh, where does he say we are? Um, What's he say in that first part of verse 1? It's all, all of this hinges on whether verse 1 is true about us. Well, in heaven? Well, no, that's where Jesus is. Jesus is, Jesus is at the right hand of God. What has to be true about our condition? If you have been raised with Christ. Have you died yet, Nathan? Nope. So how can you be raised with Christ? Uh, Yeah, so this is part of what we call union with Christ. It's Jesus in us and us in Jesus. Do you remember talking about that the other day? So so we are in Christ and Christ is in us, right? Does does Jesus pour out his holy spirit upon us? Yep. And who and so this holy spirit <coughs> is the spirit of Christ. And so Jesus gives us his holy spirit and he unites us to him. Right? So there's this spiritual union of Christians to Jesus. And so as there's this spiritual union between Jesus and us, when he was uh, crucified, guess what? In the, in the eyes of God, guess what he thinks about you? We have union with Christ. You've been crucified with Christ. Do you remember what Paul said in Galatians? No. Yeah, he says in Galatians 2.20, For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Right? And the life which I now live, I live by faith. So if you have faith in Christ, then you live according to Jesus' resurrection. 
and you died with him in his death. And so it all hinges on whether you actually have faith in Christ. And if you have faith in Christ, then you've also been raised with Christ. And if you've been raised with Christ, where is Jesus now? In heaven. What's, where is he in heaven? Is he like on the sideline somewhere? He's at the right hand of God. That's right. And so what are we supposed to set our minds on? What are we supposed to think and feel and love? Yeah, and, and what does he say in verse 3? <coughs> well, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Oh, see what I'm saying? For you have died, and your your life is hidden in who? In Christ. Yeah. And what happens in verse 4? When Christ who is our life appears. When Christ who is our life appears, then what will happen? Then... Then you also will appear with him in glory. All right. So when Jesus appears, what will happen with us? Um, we'll appear too. We'll appear. As sinners? What's it say? Um, him in glory. In glory. Is Jesus glorious? Yep. That's right. Is Jesus perfect? And if we're in Jesus, and if Jesus is in us, when he returns, are we going to be found to be uh, lacking? No, we're going to be found glorious. And so, if this is true, if all of this is true, then it should have applications for our life. So here's where we're getting into applications, right? So the first application is we're supposed to think about those things and, and live our lives chasing after those heavenly things. But there's the reality that we still live in the flesh. And so as we live on this earth, what are the things of the flesh that we should be putting to death? Um, occasion, uncleanness, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. That's right. So fornication. This is like sexual uh, immorality. Uh, this is like sleeping with a girl before you're married. Uh, this is uh, there's all sorts of different types of sexual immorality. That's what this is talking about. Uh, uncleanness. This is talking about lewd acts, uh, passions, right? Lusts, evil desires, want, wanting things that are against uh, God's moral law. Isn't it interesting here that some of these things are stuff we do, and others are things we feel and want. So it's not just the things we do, but it's even the things of our hearts. Because the last one here is evil desire and, what's the last one after evil desire? Covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness, right? The 10th commandment. Shall not covet your neighbor's house, nor your neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that resides within his gates. What does God say these things are, especially covetousness? What's he say it is? Idolatry. Idolatry. 
Have you ever thought about that before? If you're wanting your, you know, let's say you go over to your friend's house and they have a 3D printer and all of a sudden you're coveting because you want their 3D printer. Does anybody know that that's in your heart? Not unless you open your mouth, but who knows it's in your heart. Right. So he says, put to death those things, right? Put, a, put that away. Put away your covetousness. Why? Verse 6. Why should we put away those things? Um, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Put that in your own words. Why should we put away our fornication and impurity and evil desires and covetousness? Because in the day of judgment, that will come. So? Why does it matter? Because we'll we'll be punished. Do you think we're going to be punished for those things? No. I thought Jesus took our punishment. Well, we still should try to put them off. Yeah. I don't think it's that we're going to be punished again for those sins. But I think those things are going to be burned away. Right? But I think what's going to... I think what this is teaching us is, do we love Jesus? Mm -hmm. Do we want the things that are in heaven? And so we ought to, out of that heart of motivation, not a motivation of slavish fear that God's going to punish us, but because we love Jesus and we want to be like Jesus because Jesus is in us, we should put to death those things in us that aren't. God hates these things. Has he told us to walk in them or to put them off? Even more than put them off, what does he say? Put them to? Death. Kill it. Get get rid of it. Does that sound like an easy thing? No. Uh, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Now that's interesting. When somebody becomes a Christian, should they continue to live their lives the same way they did before they were Christians? No. Why not? If, God, if, if the punishment is done because Jesus took it on the cross, why change their lives? Well, because when you're Christian, try to be more like Jesus, and Jesus never committed this sin. Oh, okay, so, so we, we put off these things because we want to be like Jesus, and it's not until we put off all of our sins, then we become Christians. No, we try to be like Jesus, we'll never be as perfect as Jesus. We can try. Well, why would we want to try then if, if it doesn't mean that we become Christians by being good enough? Because when we try to be like Jesus, we can bear good fruit, but if we're not, it, 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 it just doesn't really make sense. I think you actually picked up on the heart of it. Right. What does Jesus say? If you abide in if you abide in me, you'll bear much good fruit. That's where we get our idea of union with Jesus. We have to abide in Jesus. We love Jesus. We follow Jesus. We listen to Jesus. And as we listen to him and his teaching, does he tell us to keep his commandments? It's out of a love for Jesus that we put to death these things. It's not so we can become Christians, it's because we're united to Jesus, then we bear fruits in keeping with repentance. 
but now you yourselves are to put off what? So he, he gave a, a list before. Now he, he's got other things we're to put off, right? Earthly stuff, right? What is some of the earthly stuff that he has to put off? Um, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Yeah, right. So that's, that's some of it, right? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Uh, so no more, I'm so mad at you, right? Uh, no more punching people and no more trying not to speak bad about people. Blasphemy means speaking bad about someone or something. Uh, so no more, no more of that stuff, right? No more filthy language. No more stuff coming out of your mouth that your mom would say, give me your tongue, I'm going to put some soap on it. Right? No more filthy language like that. What else shouldn't we do? Verse 9. Yeah, right. Is is God the author of lies? No. Who's the father of lies? Satan. So who should we want to be like? Jesus. And did Jesus ever lie? No. And so we put away lying, right? We put away filthy language. We stop our locker room talk. We put away our anger. And what do we do instead? Right? Since we've put off that old man with his deeds, that, that old man's gone. What should we do now? Um, Verse 10. And have, as you look at verse 9, it says, since you have put off the old man with its deeds, mm-hmm. and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Okay, so we put off the old man, and what do we do now? Put on the new man that looks like Jesus. That's right, we put on the new man who is renewed in Jesus. Well, and knowledge. It's got to change the way we think. It does not sound like Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Yeah, that's fine. But we need to, to have our minds renewed. right? Yeah, so we need to have our minds renewed. Uh, And so it starts in our minds and it changes how we walk in our lives. Uh, And he's done this not just for Jewish people, but for all sorts of people, doesn't he? But Christ is all and in all. Does this mean Jesus is in every single person who's walking on the face of the earth? So what's this saying? It uses the word all. He's saying that it doesn't matter what nation you are from, you can still be a Christian. That's right. So it's I'm not saying that you are a Christian and saying you can be a Christian from any nation. Yeah, so can, can barbarians be Christians? Yep. Can Scythians be united to Christ? Yep. Can Jews be united to Christ? Yep. Can circumcised people be united to Christ? Yep. Can uncircumcised people be united to Christ? Yep. That's right. Jew and Greek, circumcised and uncircumcised. What about slaves? They're not allowed to come to Jesus, are they? Yes, they're allowed to come to Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good news. It's like all sorts of people. Therefore, so the logical conclusion from all this, of all the putting off stuff, therefore, as the, what? Elect. Oh, there goes that word, the elect. Right, verse 11 says that there's uh, all, right, Christ is all and in all. Uh, and then it goes and it narrows that down to the elect. Right, So we always have to read the bigger context and it helps us. So therefore, as the elect of God, who are we as the elect of God in verse 12? Um, the holy and beloved. Holy and beloved. Right. 
Have you been consecrated by God, mm-hmm. set apart for his works? Yeah. Right. And is, is he just using you as a tool or does he love you? right he dodes upon us he loves us he has affections towards us so if god treats us that way right as holy and beloved if he's chosen us to be his people what should we put on what should we do what should we walk in we should as the elect of god holy and beloved put on tender mercies kindness humility meekness long suffering yeah that sounds a lot like Jesus, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. These are the things that are above in heaven, not according to the earth, right? So tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. This sounds a lot like the fruits of the Spirit, doesn't it? It's like the same Holy Spirit gave us both of these. <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of interesting, long-suffering. Um, I remember when we did Bible study Tuesday night, when we were talking about Jesus sat in the mountainside and healed for three days without eating anything. Mm. Yeah, he was re- yeah, he was suffering long. He was patient, wasn't he? That's right. Uh, bearing with one another. What do you think that means, bearing with one another? Um, going through hardships with one another. Oh. Do I always make you happy? Does mommy always make me happy? No. Do people annoy people in the church? Yes. Should we put up with each other? Yeah, right. That's that's part of putting on Christ, right? As as we go, well, Jesus has to put up with me. So what should I do with others? Put up with them, right? Bear bear with them. Good. Um, And oh, here's a hard part. What's that? Not just bearing with one another. Not just like gritting your teeth. But what should you do? Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must. Well, we should probably read the next verse because, like, we have to think about all this, and we could just read the next. Thing. <laughs> so he wants us to bear with each other, but but he even wants us to do what? Forgive one another. Forgive. Do you know what biblical forgiveness looks like? It looks like saying, I forgive you. Then it looks like uh, uh, purposely, right? When God forgives us, he doesn't punish us for it, right? So, uh, So there's restitution that happens. But then when God says he forgives us, this is what I was pointing out before. God removes our sin from us as far as what? The east from the west. God remembers our sins no more. When he forgives us, our sin is gone. And so when I say, Bubba, I forgive you, I have to purposely not think about that again. So even though somebody in the church might have hurt me, they might have wounded me, it's not just looking at them and gritting my teeth and going, oh, I remember when they made me mad and they did that thing against me. It's looking at them and saying, I love that person. I love them because Christ loved me. He's forgiven me, and I'm not thinking about that anymore. I'm going to deal with this issue right in front of me. I love this person. When Jesus, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, all right, we're told by Jesus uh, to 
say, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But at, at, after the Lord's Prayer, do you know what he says? For if you do not forgive others of their sins against you, neither will your heavenly Father think forgiveness is a big deal yeah biblical forgiveness is a big deal isn't it is it really hard is it hard to forgive your sister when she hits you in the face Mm -hmm. right is it hard to forgive someone when they break our stuff Mm -hmm. is it hard to forgive someone when they lie to us it's not hard to forgive (laughs) them when they lie to us (laughs) yeah these are hard things hard things Uh, but jesus has forgiven us right but above all of these, what are we to put on? Love, which is the bond of perfect perfection. Yeah. And let the peace of God rule in our hearts, to which also you will call in one body and be thankful. Okay, so we're to put on love, right? Because love is the bond of perfection. And we're to let what? The peace of? Yeah. So we're to have the peace of God. And then we're also to be, at the very last part of that, Thankful. Thankful. So here are some commands, right? So uh, love, be filled with peace, and be thankful. And then here's another command, verse 16. Let the word of God dwell in you. Well, not the word of God, the word of Christ dwell in you, which in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Yeah, right. So as Christians, when we get together, is is being a Christian a solo act? Ooh, that's a huge yawn. <laughs> uh, is it, do we go about being Christians by ourselves, me, myself, and my Bible, and the you know, go sit underneath the tree and tell everybody else to go be by themselves? No, we need each other. Right? This is a command from God. Yeah, he's in our midst, right, if we're gathered together in his name. Especially even when there's things like church discipline, that's specifically in the passage where we're talked, where we're uh, told how to confront each other, right? How how we're to work our way through sin. And so here, uh, whoa, we're getting really long, man. <laughs> here, uh, we're to admonish each other, right? We're to let the words of Christ dwell in us, right? And whatever you do in word or deed, do what. All in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, Father, through Him. That's right. That's right. Um, what do you think is the best verse? Let's wrap this up. We've we've talked about a lot of things we ought to do, and we've talked about a lot of the, this already. But what what do you think is the best verse to get with this? You want to know what I would underline? What? One through four. Hmm. I don't know what I... If I would underline, I'd probably do... Um... Eight, nine, and twelve. Eight, nine, and twelve. Okay. Well, we need to uh, go ahead and wrap this up. I think we've had lots of things that we could take home and do. Right, forgiving each other, loving one another, putting away all sorts of sins. Uh, feel free in the comments to let us know how you think this most challenges you in your life. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so much.
for this day. We thank you for Jesus Christ, and we thank you for the work that you have done in him. Lord, we pray that you would please watch over us and care for us this day. Conform us to the image of your Son. Let us put off the old man and put on the new. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you. May you walk in the joy and peace of Jesus Christ, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.